Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beef Podcast, where our goal is to promote health and wellness in the bodybuilding community while having fun doing it and getting you huge. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Thank you guys so much for watching. On to the video. Like, I don't know if any other bodybuilders do this, but to take their peak weight or their max weight, maybe not the weight you would use with your coach, but you know, just, just to bump your weight up. Like I'll do it on a high day where I go out and eat like all you can eat sushi. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm 280 today. Like my max weight this off season was 280. And that's what I'll cap it at in my mind. Like my max was 280, but it was on that day that I ate so much fucking food. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone else does that. They, they get on the scale at the end of the night, drink some more water. I don't even bother weighing at the end of the night. I just, yeah, just I won't do it morning. at night. Yeah. I'm no. like, like sometimes my highest weight will obviously be after a big cheat meal or something like the next morning, but I, I don't like weighing myself at night. I don't know. And I saw a guy put in his Instagram story and like, I felt like calling him out, but I prefer, I refrained after, but he was like saying how he hit like, 298 like nighttime weight or something like that and then he was like oh like i might as well call myself in the 300 pound club and i was like man you're like probably 12 pounds away from that <laughs> like yeah to be, to be actually 300 pounds in the morning you know what I mean? yeah you wake up go to the, have a good like go to the bathroom and stuff like that and you're back to 290 maybe yeah yeah exactly and it's like i mean i think it's kind of silly to be chasing numbers anyway like if you take bodybuilding seriously like you shouldn't be aiming to be 300 pounds like just right. because, because you could probably just make yourself like fat doing that. But, uh, and if you hit it, you hit it, it's great. Right. But I mean, yeah, I think we all like went through that phase when we were like just getting started where we wanted to see that new weight. And now I get people asking me all the time, like, dude, are you, what are you going to get up to this soft season? What are you going to, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I'm at it the heaviest I've ever been. I'm going to let my body get comfortable there. And then if I feel comfortable going up another five pounds, we'll see. You know, but I'm like, I'm not just going to chase that number and get sloppy looking and then have more fat to lose. And there's also something to be said for like letting your body grow into a body weight. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could hit like 260 for like for you, for example, and, uh, and stay there for a while, but just like kind of recomp at that weight. So like, you're still building muscle and getting leaner, you know what I mean? So you're still, you're you're still, you're still like working towards your goal, but the scale, you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a difference. There's exactly what you said. Like, you can have a completely different body composition holding that weight. You don't just have to chase a higher number. Oh yeah. I mean, I hit 300 pounds for the first time in 2014 (laughs) and I'm like, I'm like a lean 280 now. So you can imagine how shitty that 300 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. I did the same thing, man. Yeah. Last, like my last off season, like 2020, I just wanted to hit 300 and I kind of made like a joke of it. I was like, you know how they have like my 600 pound life on TV. So I did my 300 pound life and I just did like, you know, just like all the shit that I would eat every day, like 7,000 calories and stuff. But it was like, it was obviously more dirty food than clean food at that point. But it was just like, whatever. I wanted to see that number on the scale, like you're saying. So I was chasing that number. Um, But then when I got on stage, you know, after peeling all that weight off, I was only, you know, 257, 258. So like, that's a big drop, right? Whereas like you were saying, like, if you can be like, 280 and, and be like eight to 10 percent body fat then you can step on stage at like 260 265 no problem uh way better for your body feel way better i know i feel way better i'm like 277 i'm still struggling i still can't get like a 280 morning weight but 
Um, but it's like, it's okay. Cause I, at least I'm looking better. So. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm, I did a day, a full day of eating on my YouTube channel. Like I posted it a few days ago and like people were commenting are like, man, you really, you're, how do you get so big? You don't eat a crazy amount of food. And I'm like, well, I I'm hungry. I could eat more, but I'm growing with this. Why would I just add a bunch of calories where if I'm already growing, you know, and just I'll end up putting on fat. Same things happen to me right now. I haven't changed my diet well in four weeks now. And I went from 270 to 280 in, in four weeks, just on the same diet. Like my weight's coming up like one, two pounds every week. So I'm like, well, this is perfect. Like as much as I'm, I want to push the food and just like get huge. Like it's like, if this is doing the job right now and I'm, I'm keeping good body composition, like just let it, let it run its course. And then what, if my weight sticks for a week or two, then I'll just, you know, start bumping it back up and try to avoid getting fat as best as possible. My client oh, asked think- me yesterday, he was like, how fast can someone put on muscle? I'm like, I don't know, but it's probably not more than like 10 pounds of muscle or like 15 if you're a freak per year for a whole year. So he's like, hey, can I, you know, can I gain like 30 pounds of muscle this year? I'm like, maybe if it's like your first year of taking everything serious and using gear and stuff. But even then, like 30 pounds of muscle is so much muscle. I don't think that's even possible unless you're just a complete freak. Well, I think even if you do put on that much muscle that fast, you're never going to have the detail in that muscle until you've held that for a couple of years. Yeah. Like so I basically just said like, you know, bottom line is it's, you got to start looking at the future. Like how, how many years are you willing to do this? Because that's going to probably determine how big you get more so than like, how fast can I get big? It's not about yeah. how fast it's like, how long can I do this lifestyle for? How long can I eat six, seven meals a day? How long can I eat 5,000 calories? You know, it's like, so I'm like, think about it. Like in two years, can you gain 20 pounds of muscle in three years, 30 pounds of muscle? That's a massive achievement. Yeah. yeah. You look at some, a lot of these guys that have grown so fast and it's taken them, it's taking them a lot more struggle and a lot more time to bring in the detail. Now, big Grammy, even, you know, it's taken him these so many years, even though he's had the mass forever to finally bring in the detail. Look at Hassan Mustafa, massive, massive, but what is he like 28, 29 years old? And he's already like, yeah, he's I mean, 29. I don't know how he's that big at 29, but yeah, I don't know. It's so, crazy, but but it's he's really struggling to bring in the detail and the conditioning. You know, I think just putting that much size on so fast, it's hard to bring in that detail. That's right. And you can't focus on like, oh, how fast someone else did it because you're not that person. So it's like, oh, like, you know, if you were 27, you're like, I want to be as big as Mustafa in two years. I don't know if that's even realistic, man. I would just yeah. I would just wipe that away from you know your your mind. You can use it as inspiration, but I wouldn't compare yourself and be like, oh, I have to do that. Just be like, man, how far can I push myself and just see what you can do, right? It's like, and don't see how fast you can do it. It's not about how fast. Well, and look, and look at that dude's waist too, man. Like true. Obviously, like and like, you know, rumor is he likes to eat and like that's fine, but I feel like, you know, he's huge. Yes. But like, he really sacrificed his waist to get as big as fast as he did. Like the guy's massive, but even on his front shots, like his waist overpowers his lats like tremendously. I feel like he got a lot of cleaning up to do before he'll be any type of contender, like at the Olympia, for example. Well, the thing is too, is that, you know, uh, you can't change the shape, you know, it's like if certain areas of your body, like specifically um, with uh, Hassan's chest, I'm not really loving the way that it kind of like hangs and that's something you kind of can't change. So 
I don't know, you know, if that's going to hurt as well. Once, once he nails conditioning, I don't know if it's going to change that look. Probably not a lot. I think he's going to do really well, but it's still like you can be more aesthetic, you know, comparing what you have as your strengths, use your strengths. If you can bring it in more peeled than him, if you can bring in a tighter waist, those things is where you, you gain, you gain in, in bodybuilding, like in pro bodybuilding, right? Cause you're going to get on stage. Look at a guy like, um, um, what's his name? Not, not Hassan, but, uh, Muhammad, um, Shaban, Shaban. Yeah. So he, he's a relatively smaller guy. Like he competed with me. He's a bit smaller than me, but he's 240, 240 stage weight at maybe five, eight, five, nine, something like that. But he stands against a guy like Mustafa or Hassan rather. And he stands against guys like Akeem and he looks just as big just because his proportions are so good. So yeah. Yeah. Some of the earlier shows this year, he was bringing the conditioning pretty good too. And he looks big too. Like on stage, he looks big. And when you stand beside him in real life, he's not big. So it's kind of, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. He put on a lot of stage weight like last year too, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's doing really well. Man, I'd like to talk to him and, and just find out what he did because, like, I mean, to put on the amount of mass he put on and keep his waist as small as he did is, is pretty cool. I think he eats a lot of cookies because his wife has a cookie company. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> she gave him all the competitors Man, cookies. cookies are a secret, dude. That's it. Everyone knows it. Yeah. She gave a little bag to, like, all the competitors at the Puerto Rico Pro. She's like, here's a cookie for everybody. Yeah, they, they sponsored oh, uh, Chicago and Tampa, and Tampa as well. We all got cookies. Yeah. What's yeah, the I name? Thought, I thought that was... A, I thought it was the a OCD idea. cookie company. Oh, cool. She shouldn't have given anybody cookies. She should have just put her card in there, you know, because I Dude, ate the cookie. I'm like, okay, too. cool. Like I had a cookie. Now I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I ate the cookie before finals too. Did you? <laughs> I went back up to my hotel room and I ate the cookie before finals. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the cookies so popular nowadays? We have, um, so at Pure Muscle, we got like Kai Kai cookies and like every day I see people buying them like crazy. It's just, they're like two, two for $10 and people will just every day, like after the workout, I see like at least five or 10 people just buying cookies. Then the funniest so, thing is too, is like normal people that like follow us and stuff like that. I get messages all the time, dude. Hey, what's the, what's the link to those protein cookies you're eating? I'm like, dude, they're not protein. Yeah, cookies. These that's are the like thing, yeah. thousand calorie junk yeah. cookies. Yeah. Man, I had those Kai Kai cookies for the first time in Toronto and they are ridiculous. But, yeah. You like them? Oh my God, man. They're nuts. I actually had a cookie company uh, last year for a while, like where I'm from locally, it did really well too. Cause yeah. like we kind of like knew like the giant cookie thing was like kind of really like developing elsewhere. So we got it going here for a bit and it like, it blew up. Like we can only take limited orders. We were doing like 150 cookies a week and it was all pre-ordered. So we take orders on Monday and no kidding. We'd, we'd sell out like two or three hours and then wow, people yeah. knew they weren't getting their cookies till the following weekend. And we were just stacked like every week, but we all had other jobs. So right, so we had to give it up because it was just getting too crazy. But yeah, man, I mean, everyone loves cookies. That's you guys I mean, have though. the Mama T's cookies too, yeah. right? The Mama yeah, T's. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Mama T's are they're, they're probably the best protein cookie. They're, they're the, the, yes. Yeah, I mean, you could you could uh, use those on a prep if you really wanted to. The They have that oatmeal carrot cake. Really, yeah, really good. Yeah. Macros in that. I like the original oatmeal chocolate chip the best, but they're all, uh, they're, they're good, man. I like they're the good. peanut butter, peanut butter, hands down. Oh yeah. It's good. Yeah. Man, yeah, those, those, like my mother. Those, those things are like nostalgic for me. Like they've been around for a while, like, especially like in my, like, like Atlanta, Canada, you know, yeah. I know yeah. the owners pretty well, but, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, they're a good shit. Like, if you're looking for a good protein cookie, that's the best one to find because it's made for like, sure. Oh, you can, like, oh, yeah, really, you can really tell like when you're eating it, right? It's real. Oh, so that's why they stopped storing them at Popeyes. The Popeyes I go to, I, I asked for the Mama Teas. Like, we can't sell that shit anymore <laughs> because they were all going bad. Oh, because they didn't have enough room in the fridge, or they had to freeze them and nobody would buy them. Oh, so yeah. you know, you know, it's real food when it actually goes bad, right? You know. No, that's. I used to buy them uh, in my off season like a couple years ago, and I would just I would have like one or two pre workout every day, and I noticed that that you couldn't you couldn't keep a bag of twelve because they would come in bags of twelve you'd have to freeze half the bag or else it would start to go like moldy and stuff. So that, that was the only downside, but I don't know. Jason's never tried these protein cookies. We got to get them some. Cause these, I feel like I'm, I feel like I might've tried a mama teas like one time, but I can't remember where it was or what flavor it was. Yeah. I don't know. They're but uh, good, yeah, like I have all the flavors you guys mentioned. I'm like, damn, these sound good. The macros on them are pretty good too. I'm looking at it right now. It's so uh, this is the, just the original. Um, cookie or yeah the original uh chocolate chip cookie so it's 16 grams of fat 34 grams of carbs and 21 grams of protein and yeah the ingredients are really good it's like it's oats whey chocolate chips um honey eggs flax meal butter peanut butter salt spices so hmm. yeah. read the coconut uh read the um the um, what's it called uh cake um a carrot cake. Read the carrot cake one. Carrot cake one. I want yeah, because that has really good ingredients. I think, and the macros too are phenomenal. Like low sugar, um, good amount of fat, but it's all like healthy fats because I think they put walnuts in there. It's walnut. Yeah, walnut carrot cake. That one sounds good, man. Same. It's really same, like I mean almost. Oh no, sorry. This one's so it's it's lower in fat and carbs. So ten grams fat, twenty six grams carbs, twenty one gram protein. So that one's actually really good macros. What are your guys like go to cheat meals in the off season? Like, do you guys like eat the same thing like every week or you change it up? Change it up, but I mean, go to is usually going to be some kind of burger and fries and something like that, or a in a milkshake, maybe. But, uh, you know, I like sushi every now and then I'll do like pizza and wings, but that always messes my stomach up. Yeah. I, I love the taste, so it's a it's more rare, but it's like, god, every now and then I just got I'm craving it, yeah. yeah. I just do, I just do five guys, man. Like I try to change it up sometimes. Sometimes honestly, I'll do either five guys or sushi, but more or less it's, it's going to stick to five guys. Cause sushi is more expensive. So like, you go for sushi, it's like hundred bucks, whatever, five guys. You can like, you can get your meal. You, like, you take your yeah. girl, you can eat for like under 40 bucks and you eat a lot of food. And I had that last night. And the week before I had a different burger is like South street burger co or something. And it sucked. It actually sucked. And it was like the same price. And I was disappointed. Then I got five guys yesterday and I'm like, this is so much better. This is the best. That, that's the worst is when you like yeah. you try and find a new spot just to experiment. And then it's like, you ruined your cheat meal. Yeah. Yeah. There's exactly. literally, I, literally, I'll never do that on prep. Like no, when I'm on prep, you, you I'm like, do that this cheat meal is rare. No. <laughs> I am going where I know it's going to be good. I'll go to five guys. Exactly. And yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting like that now too, just in the off season. I'm like, I just want to know that it's going to be the same. Yeah. Am I the only pancake culprit? I think Jason said he liked pancakes last week. I love pancakes, yeah, but I, my problem is when I do a cheat meal, it's typically my last meal of the night. Cause like, I want to make sure I get all my good, good meals in throughout the day. And then I'm adding my cheat meal in last. Cause if I do pancakes in the morning, I'm going to miss my next two meals. Cause I will stuff my face with pancakes until I'm, like so full i'm about to pop 
and then I'll miss like my next two meals. It's hard to go back to chicken and rice after stuffing yourself with pancakes. I you're just going to be sluggish, sluggish for the whole day. I literally had this conversation with my girlfriend this morning because I'm supposed to have a cheat meal today. And I was like, I'm tempted to use this breakfast gift card I got for this breakfast place that's close by. And I've been thinking about it for like weeks, but I'm the same. I'm like, my cheat meal has to be my last meal. Because if I start my day with a cheat meal, I'm, instead of doing like six good meals, I'm just going to do four shitty meals. And just right. be like, oh, well, I already had pancakes today. So I might as well just eat a burger and pizza and like sushi for my last meal. So I just got to like reserve it to my last meal. And as soon as I'm done my cheat meal, go to bed so I don't do any further damage. <laughs> well, I, what I find sometimes is when I would do that, I'll end up actually eating less food throughout the entire day, like less calories, because even though it's junk, I'm not getting my six meals in. And then I'm like, I might only get three, three meals in. And even though they're all like high calorie junk meals, it's ends up being less food than I would normally eat. So it's like, did I really benefit from having that cheat? Uh, you just fucked up your digestion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You, can't, you can't absorb nutrients for the next two days after that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll be holding water so you can't train well either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to, although it, I coached myself like all through my, you know, amateur and my first couple pro shows. And the when I was dieting to turn pro, I literally well, – dieted myself on like an extreme calorie calorie deficit all week long and then as long as i woke up saturday morning lighter than i was the week before i'd let myself eat whatever i wanted all day long and then sunday back on the extreme deficit until the next weekend as long as i was leaner and lighter than i was the week before eat whatever i wanted also like 10 days out from turning pro i had like pancakes two large pizzas like i was just every saturday i was like whatever i wanted that seems to work for some people. Like, have you ever heard of Scott Abel? Cause he, he preaches that, um, I forget what he calls it. like the spike diet or something. It's like basically what you just described, super low calories all week. And then you have one day where you can eat anything and everything you want for the whole day, 24 hours or whatever, 12 hours. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but a lot of the guys that are doing that, it's like, they, they do actually look pretty good. I don't know how that's like sustainable or like how that's good for you. Like mentally. Oh, I felt terrible. Yeah. Oh, like, so when I would do that, if I would do that on Saturday, Sunday and Monday would be like epic pumps in the gym. And then you're depleted again because you're yeah. on such a deficit that by like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like your workouts suck. Yeah, and you're yeah. like dragging ass doing cardio. Like it, it was trying pretty to survive rough. until that next high day. <laughs> That's I've, all I've, you have going in your head. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two more I've days and preps. I can eat whatever I want. That's it. I've had preps like that, Jason. I, I feel that because... I've had preps where it was like every five days I could eat everything under the sun for the whole day. And it yeah. was weird or else I'd be too depleted. So we'd have to fill me back out and then I go back to my regular diet. But what I wasn't telling my coach is that I was under eating on those days so I could get that other day because I was right. an idiot. But it was like it, it, it it's um, almost a psychological like problem you get. Like it's really distressful because you're waiting for that day and you're like, can I have the sushi yet? Can I have the sushi? Can I go out for burgers? Can I have my ice cream? And you're looking so forward to that day that you're willing to suffer those other days as much as you can just to have like a high day and go out and have fun. It's like an addiction. Yeah, I've done yeah. it. It's, it's not, you almost a, make I don't see it being sustainable. You make yourself suffer more because you want to make sure you get that. You earn that high day again yeah. of whatever yeah. you want to eat. Cause I would like, I was doing like, I was eating like 900 calories a day doing two hours of cardio. And Scott Abel, that. like when he, uh, <laughs> cause he's got a forum. So he, you know, he's got like all his little 
clients and his like or his minions or whatever and they're all like they have like a discussion like how much they ate you know it's almost like bragging rights like oh i had 100 chicken wings last night and 65 pizzas and someone's like oh yeah well i had that plus 16 ice cream cakes and you're like what the fuck like <laughs> this is bodybuilding for him like how is it you know <laughs> but i guess you just you get into your mind you know like when you're in it you're like i'm just gonna go extreme like fucking thousand calories every day and then like ten thousand calories i don't know craziness but well yeah. look at what um milos has regan doing right now and an eating disorder was born you know like yes yeah, just, just like that exactly and the eating disorder is born yeah 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 it took a while to actually get mentally away from that after yeah. doing that like that's why when i hired chris Aceto, i was like all right i'm just gonna do whatever he says because i was like i've been mentally screwing myself up with the way i was dieting and it was working but you know, it wasn't the healthiest way to go about it for sure. And I realized I was over dieting and I was, I was losing muscle every time I dieted myself down. Yeah. I think you need to be a really mentally strong person for like, if you do a contest prep, like the right way or like not even the right way per se, like you actually get shredded. Like it's hard to come out of that without some type of like mental like issue with food. Like, like I've, like I've, I've done 10 shows now and I actually have found like coming out of this prep, probably the hardest like ever as far as, as far as like just dealing with food and it's not that i want to eat junk food and stuff but more so like almost like the fear of putting on fat or like the fear of weight gain you know what i mean it's like i like i need to stay in this like restricted mode it's like that's why i had to get back in my coach right away and just like get him to put me on a plan so i can follow it because uh i just think like inevitably it's gonna it's gonna mess with you right yeah. and it takes an even more special person to kind of do a diet like that where you're doing like the super low calories and then like and then the huge hide it because like obviously from the outside looking in like that's not optimal like in any way like you know what i mean yeah no i think i think i remember fuad saying one time that uh chad nichols had him do a similar diet like that mm. uh yeah well, i think your body can get your body can get into a rhythm with anything i think right and like and so i guess with that like a certain kind of client like that could probably be pretty efficient if their body can like get used to it and adapt to it but it, it just, I mean, like you said, like set you up for a eating disorder, right? Like the aftermath of that one is probably worse than like any other prep like style that you can imagine. Oh, I was, I was up like 40 pounds in a week after every time I dieted down like that. Yeah. I would just eat everything. Yeah. We, I mean, it's not even your fault. Your body's just so stern. Like it's just, it's just your brain, right? It's like get fat, get fat, get fat kind of thing. Yeah. I think a lot, of, a lot of coaches, when they prescribe cheat meals too, they might not be specific enough you know and I, I think i was guilty of that too i just be like you know one cheat meal a week and i just put one cheat meal a week a week have whatever you want and some people will take that and be like all right cool i'm gonna go have a burger and fries some people will go and just like eat all you can eat go crazy like feel sick and like just binge all night so i think it's it's important to have that discussion with the person and say hey like you know kind of like just get an idea of what the relationship with food is like hey you know how do you feel about cheat meals like can you control yourself Dorian asked me that he was like, if I give you a burger and fries, are you going to have a burger and fries? Or are you going to have like ice cream cake and fucking everything else after? And I'm like, I'll just have the burger and fries. He's like, okay, cool. So burger and fries or sushi. And that, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I'll have one or the other. It's not like, it's not like all like, it's this huge decision in my mind all week. Like, what am I going to have? And every day I'm, I'm obsessing about it. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to have it just part of my week. Just something I get to look forward to a little bit, but something that I'm not obsessing over. And like, oh, if it's not like, the ideal perfect scenario you know yeah no, I, I completely agree on right just, it's just one meal it's literally one meal out of like the 57 60 <laughs> meals you eat every week so yeah i used yeah. to do that with my clients i would just be like you know 
when I first started coaching and stuff and I'd be like, all right, we're going to have a cheat meal on this day. And you would backfire so many times. And then you get, you really, like you said, you got to be more specific about, you know, knowing them, but also like telling them, all right, you can have a double patty burger with one large fry. That's the meal. Yeah. Like not (laughs) go out and have a cheat meal. And then they just binge on everything. Actually, this is a good topic because this is like right around uh, it's like where Christmas is coming up and the holidays are coming up. And for us Canadians, like Thanksgiving just passed. So a lot of my clients are like, they're like cheating on Thanksgiving and they're like, you know, how do I avoid like, it's like I have Thanksgiving, then a birthday and then Christmas is right there. It's like, how do I avoid falling to that like holiday trap? I'm like, what do you guys think? What would you guys tell your client? If they're not like about to compete, I usually just tell them, you know, look, try and fill up on whatever protein that you have around first. But I mean, if they're not getting close to a competition, I usually let them just enjoy your time with family and enjoy it. But just like be mindful of what you're doing, you know, Yeah. try and fill up mostly on the protein sources first, not dig into all the carbs and treats and stuff like that. And then be like, oh, yeah, I should probably have a little protein. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I just, I really enforce the idea of like just damage control. Like yeah. I'm like, okay, like if, if you know Christmas day, you're going to have a big Christmas dinner with like a dessert. I'm like, maybe get up early that morning. You'll do some fasting cardio, you know, let's try to eat clean that day. Try to eat lower carb, get a good workout in, maybe train legs that day if you can. And then just go enjoy yourself that night kind of thing. Like, you know, just, just trying to like put those ideas in their head. And then, and then same thing, like, you know, if they're not willing to do that, then just be like, maybe try to skip out on the foods that are, kind of easy to skip out on. I don't really take away from the meal. Like if, even if you can skip putting gravy on your turkey dinner, for example, like you can save a bunch of calories and fat just from doing something small like that. And just like, you know, put little ideas in their head and, you know, it usually helps a little bit at least. Right. That's yeah. a good point, Mo. I think one of the, one of the things people don't take away from it is that you can eat like turkey dinner with your family. You just mm-hmm. don't need to eat all the shit that's around and it, and you'll find that since eating is like a social thing and you know people want you to eat with them as long as they're eating with them they're generally cool but they're not going to be like why aren't you eating the gravy <laughs> you know so yeah. and you can just say you have food allergies or whatever related to the gravy or i find it's like when people i don't know if any of you guys have ever been out in a uh, like barbecue or something and everybody's asking you why you're not drinking that's even the most awkward out of all of this. And it's like, listen, I'm not drinking because, and, and the funniest thing is sometimes I would make stuff up. I'd be like, yeah, my, my liver levels are really bad because I bought milk. <laughs> so if you tell something, something health related, it's funny because they'll be like, oh, well, you, you want to get that in check. So they'll, they'll like leave you alone a little bit more, yeah, especially if there's like a lot of peer pressure. I, I realized this when I was drinking a lot when I was in my early 20s and then I stopped when I started getting more serious. People would just pressure the shit out of me at barbecues. Mm-hmm. So you have to come up with reasons like that people will find socially acceptable for not drinking or just say fuck them. But I mean, it's it's <laughs> nice to still be social with people. I just light a joint and then I ask them if this is okay. <laughs> yeah, that works too. But that's a strategy too. I remember I go to a party. I go to parties with the same people. And this one guy started always giving me weed because he's like, I feel bad for Paul because he never, he never has fun anymore. So and I wouldn't smoke weeds uh, legal in Canada, Jason. So we can talk about it all we want, man. Oh, yeah. You can actually go to the store. I, I don't know if you know this in Canada, you can actually go to the store and buy marijuana now. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard yeah. all the, uh, freedoms that y'all have up there that we haven't quite spread around yet but 
There's no, certain areas in the state. I don't think you understand, that. Jason. Like you can when you come to Canada, you can literally you can walk down the street. You can walk 15 minutes in a straight line, and I promise you, you'll pass at least five cannabis stores. Yeah. Like every corner. Yeah. And there's like there's like there's a corner and there'll be cannabis store on every corner of that intersection. It's crazy. I think it's slowly gonna get there here. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna get everywhere eventually. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. It'll probably be short last though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Unfortunately for you. Yeah. Yet we can't get a TRT clinic for the life of us. Oh yeah. There's one yeah. on every corner here. Yeah. yeah. See, so straight yeah. <laughs> off. That's interesting. But but yeah. so going back to that point real quick. So yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like you gotta have like a plan first. If you're going in there like hoping for the best, more than likely, you know, your willpower at that moment's not gonna be enough. So you got to go in there with a plan. So if you're doing it on your own, if you don't have a coach, you just got to like Mo was saying, like you were saying, Jason, like do some damage control. Like think about what's going to benefit you. Like, Hey, like having some good time, quality time with your family, very beneficial, very great. Having like Turkey still pretty good. Turkey mashed potatoes, not a bad meal. Turkey mashed potatoes, veggies, you're good. Right. But there's, then you can start going astray and you can really start fucking it up. Especially if it goes into like days Whereas yeah. one of my clients would be like, oh man, like, cause he's Greek. And he's like, oh man, like we have like weekends where we get together. Like, and it's just, it's all about the food. It's all about the dinner. And people are like, you were saying, Paul, like he's getting pressured to eat. And it's like, yeah. his grandma's getting offended if he's not eating. I'm like, dude, just eat one night, enjoy it. Don't even think about it. And then just get right back on your plan the very next morning. Well, exactly. And like decide like, you know, what days over the holidays are most important to you. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if like your close family's just having like a little family gathering on Christmas Eve, but your whole family's getting together Christmas day, maybe save your cheat meal for Christmas day. And then like, you probably don't need anything on boxing day either. And then if you think about it, you're pretty much good till next week, which is new year's. So then yep. your next cheat meal could be new year's. And then really you've only had two cheat meals in like a week or two. So like you really had barely even gotten off your plan. Right. So exactly like so you, just, said, like, I just, you don't need you don't you shouldn't feel the need to like enjoy everything that's in front of you you know I yeah, think exactly. you just pick and choose exactly yeah, but at and the same you, time you do got to realize like i know people are always talking about how restrictive bodybuilding is to be able to have like a life and i'm like you don't have to like segregate yourself off from your family just because you know you're scared to have achievement like enjoy time with them enjoy a meal with them you know just like you said, make smart choices. Don't add the gravy, whatever, you know? Yeah. It gets more tricky if you have an eating disorder because then people with eating disorders, they tend to like seclude themselves or like alienate themselves from their own family. Or it's like, oh, I'm just going to avoid the whole situation. Just be alone because they're going to ask me too many questions or whatever. It's going to bother me too much. It's okay. You know, you process it, do it, you know, do your thing. Um, but I, but my biggest suggestion would be like, still try to include yourself in the family. Um, don't like seclude yourself. Cause that usually just makes things worse. You know, at least the one thing is just like, if you are close enough with your family, it's like small, tight knit, just a few people there, just tell them, be like, Hey, I'm just for this meal. Is it cool? If I just weigh my food out, what are they going to say? Like, no, you can't, you're not part of our family. If you weigh your food, just be honest with them. Be like, Hey, listen, like food's been kind of hard for me. I just want to weigh this meal out just so I feel good mentally and if you tell them that you're going to feel better mentally and you're going to be able to enjoy yourself more with the family because you're you're doing this one thing why would they care you know so yeah but, exactly yeah 
what do you guys think about alcohol? Like, what's your, like, do you, do you guys drink at all? Do you drink like when you're like off cycle, like on cycle, like do you have casuals? Do you guys go out and get hammered? Like, like what's your take on that? Like as far as drinking goes and bodybuilding. Mm. I don't really I, drink. I haven't tasted alcohol since my wedding. Yeah. So I just, uh, this would be four years next week. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've tasted alcohol in, in eight years. And that was one drink or two drinks. I went out to the bar. And since then, uh, prior to that, I think I was 28. I stopped bouncing. I think once I got out of the bar scene and stopped working in bars, I just realized, fuck it. I, I've drank enough and I don't want to do it anymore anyways. But yeah. I, I don't see it being a benefit to bodybuilding at all. I tried doing them concurrently for like, or building mass, not bodybuilding, but I tried building mass with drinking for years binge drinking pretty much doesn't they don't go hand in hand that's for sure no that was my problem is i between you know between from the age of like 18 to like 24 it's yeah. all pretty blurry there was a lot way yeah. too much <laughs> drinking going on you know i was like in a college town up in tallahassee you know and stuff and i lived in a small town just south of it so it was like redneck town where you go out and start a bonfire and drink beer in your pickup truck and 20 minutes north, you go to Tallahassee, you got all the college bars and that's all there was to do there. And I had just gotten into like working out and stuff. Well, I'd always worked out, but gotten into like the bodybuilding scene, like in the around 24. So that's kind of when I started to like phase out of that. But I had so much of that in those amount of years that it's like, enough. I see zero benefit from it now. So I just don't even... Like it doesn't cross my mind. I don't ever crave it. I just, I know there's like nothing beneficial going to come out of it either. You know, I'm going to get too drunk and have a couple really shitty days right after that. Or I'm going to say something to piss my wife off and have a couple really shitty days after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I asked that because I, I always ask Bob Lewis that question because, and I generally get the same consensus. It's like, we all kind of like drink for as long as we feel like we can get away with it. And then once you eventually acknowledge that it's like not beneficial, well, obviously not beneficial, but like it actually is hindering you even in the off season. Like that's when, I mean, because for us gains are over everything. Right. So you're just going to get to the point with it where you're just like, okay, like it's got to go. If it's not helping yeah. You, right? That's right. So, but it I, disrupts I, everything. It disrupts I, your sleep. I, I think like 18 to 24, that's the time to like party and do that kind of stuff. At least in my mind, I kind of like, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to enjoy it while I can. And like, whatever, I, you know, I would go up pretty often. But then when I turned 25, I was like, hmm, I either need to grow up now or I'm going to be stuck here. Like all the people that are like in their thirties that are still doing this when they mm -hmm. didn't make the decision at 25 to like step away from the party scene. <laughs> and now they're, now they're like in their thirties and they're like, oh, whatever. Like, Hey man, like, you know, come party. And you're like, nope, I'm good. I don't need to. And they're like, oh, you're no fun. You're like, well, that's fine. You know, because yeah. it's just different, right? It's like, it's just like you make a choice. It's a decision, yeah. right? If you don't make that decision, you're going to be stuck there. Robin, I, I feel like the people that are bar. stuck in that, like they never found something that they're passionate about the, to chase after. And when you found your passion that you want to, you know, do everything possible to benefit and progress towards that passion. And you know, going out and drinking is the opposite of that. There's nothing beneficial that's going to come from it. Exactly. Yeah. There's still people drinking in their 40s, 60s. Yeah. It's funny. I was working a bar the other day. Um, I, I, I agreed for a buddy to work one door shift. 
And I haven't done that in like 15 years. And I got to see drunks again. And I was like, you know what? Forget it, man. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. But it was funny. We had a like a, a 70 year old guy stealing pumpkins from the front display and bringing them to his car. I mean, that's how shit faced he was. <laughs> he was stealing all the pumpkins and his wife was just getting at him outside. And I was just standing there doing the door, watching the whole thing go down. And I'm like, Fred, I'm like, the kids love those pumpkins you know and i just guilted him and he like starts bawling bringing back the pumpkins that that's how stupid people get that's right working in the bars is what got me away from it because like in newfoundland you, you start drinking when you're like you start drinking when you're like 15 <laughs> yeah very very common and then so by the time you're 19 20 you're working in the bars because like that's like the culture here right so everyone kind of does their time working in the bars of down on george street and i did that for a year or two and like same thing like paul was saying like you just see enough like drunk people and people do stupid shit and you're kind of like am i like this when i'm drunk because <laughs> if so i want nothing to do with this like yeah 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 and like that that's it that was it for me like when i was 21 22 i got out of working as a bouncer and did that whole thing and then i was kind of just sick of it and like i can probably i'd say i can count on two hands how many times i've been drunk since then you know so but yeah i remember being like like turning 25 and i think that like i went out like a weekend after that or something or i might have gone out for my birthday or whatever and like instantly i'm like damn i can't recover from this anymore now <laughs> it's like it's like I it just clicked one day. I was like, this fucks up my training. And I was just like, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think until like there's a certain point where you can get away with it. You're like, oh, like I'm invincible, like 21, 22, 23. I think up until 23, maybe 24, it's like you can you can almost still push your body and and mentally, like you can just keep going, like just with the excitement, like, oh, just so much fun. Everything's amazing. I'm so young, indestructible. But then it just hits you. And it's just like, that's it. And just like life responsibilities too, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're young, living at home, it's like you can be hungover, like you know your mom and dad got shit taken care of. But like when you're out on your own, and like 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 you said, like when you get older, like okay, you, you drink Saturday night, like you're hungover to like Monday or Tuesday. And like when that's like affecting your work and then like your training, you're just like, what am I doing? This I think I think about that especially. I'm like, man, back when I used to do that, I would go out like Friday night get obliterated and literally just lay around the house all day Saturday, not doing a thing and then go out Saturday night and then <laughs> yeah. lay around the house all day Sunday, not doing a thing. And I'm like, God, I was worthless. Oh my God. So much waste of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if I, if I took one day now and did nothing, I would be so behind right. like on yeah. so many things. Like I just, I would never be able to sacrifice a day like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But bodybuilding keeps it super busy bodybuilding keeps everyone busy i yeah. mean that's the busiest job called the job that doesn't pay you guys probably yeah. get some kickback from it but so you guys, you know, you guys might be like this too like you're saying like it's you, you fall behind and if you like even if i if i wake up like last week like i had to meet my buddy for like some some meat like we bought half a cow and we split it so he brought some meat over and I'm like I, I i didn't do my cardio that morning i was like oh shit like we were talking for like half an hour at my place i'm like oh like looking at my watch like fuck now i missed my cardio now i gotta leave and i was like the whole day was fucked so i was just like oh man like i missed this one thing and it threw my mind off so i think is bodybuilding is very much about like sticking to a routine and just like every day it's very similar and every like you have things planned out it's like cardio at this time training at this time meals at this time whatever you do clients work whatever at this time and it's it's all gonna mesh and if it gets pushed if it gets pushed if your schedule gets pushed enough fucks with your mind 
and you gotta you gotta reel it in quick right because your mind will start going like all over the place at that point it's like oh like now i'm small now i fucked up now it's like whoa you literally just all you gotta do is just get right back on track (laughs) even like the olympia weekend that just passed a couple weeks ago i was like being there threw my routine off so much that it really likes it like my hamstring day turned into a rest day then my rest day turned into a chest day and then i was like wasn't getting up and doing car but i'm walking around the expo all day and i wasn't getting my meals in because i was so busy at the expo like it just mentally man it was messing with me yeah yeah the mental the mental effects on us is, is i think where it can hurt you the most right because like you said like it's probably not a big deal and like in the long term it probably won't yeah matter. like but it didn't hurt me the mental once i'm back on track yeah, yeah yeah just like that three or four days of just like feeling regretful and stuff like that like i mean it's just it's not good for you right like you're not going to train good those days like it's just, yeah yeah it's tough if anything i probably benefited from an extra rest day like oh. i probably needed it yeah yeah always yeah definitely hope you're enjoying the canadian beef podcast and hey whoa, hey hey where'd you get that shirt it's making you look pretty big this one oh, yeah obviously i sponsored around here in canada okay well, well you have a discount code for it so Maybe I should use that discount code and get beef my sauce. 20? Yeah, beef 20 and check it. You guys should use that discount code. Make sure to use our discount code from Grubware Canada, beef 20 at checkout, and continue liking these videos. I think, what do you, you guys know, do about your spouses? Like, you guys are all, I guess, with someone, right? Like your spouse or wife or your partner. What do, what do you guys do when they get, when, when, when their schedules offset your schedule? Like, let's say there's a family dinner at their parents or something and you didn't know about it or you didn't remember you heard about it. You know what I mean? Like something that's like a big that, difference. what do you do? <laughs> What's that? So that's a big difference between not, not hearing about it and not remembering about it. <laughs> it is a big difference, yeah. But, you know, things come up, right? So what about that? How do people deal with that? That's what well, for viewers are probably wondering, how do I stick to this six meal a day scheme, training at the same times, doing the same events, like having the same schedule, but then I have, you know, uh, a marriage and kids to take care of. They're probably wondering how you guys like circumvent the issues that come about and they will come about. Like I had a, I had a friend um, who was competing at pretty high. I won't say who it was, but he was, he was in a relationship. And I think everything in that relationship at that time drove him nuts. He was so OCD. He's a good bodybuilder, probably one of the most meticulous guys I know. But like every time I think something would come, like if he had to stay at his spouse's uh, or his girlfriend's parents, like an extra day or something or an extra couple hours, he would, he would, it would totally throw off his schedule and it would apparently upset him, you know? That's me. <laughs> yeah. It's a good bodybuilder. No, no word of a lie. It's what makes a good I can't give advice on this because this usually ends up in me and my girlfriend fighting. Uh, me sticking my schedule and then me having to apologize later. <laughs> so, yeah. So but that causes more stress. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely not a good thing, but I know for me, like when I'm in prep, uh, like I'm kind of, I'm sort of like Jay Cutler, right? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like if it's anything that's coming into my life, that's affecting my prep and my schedule, like I'll just like kind of eliminate it. Like it's, it's probably not the best way to go about it. And it's not, uh, you know, it's something I'm, I'm trying to work on, but I just know for me, like to, to be at my best and bring my best, like I really just need to be in that mode, like 24 seven for the whole prep, because it does cause me so much like mental stress. If I know I'm going to have to go do something that's going to throw me off my schedule, uh, because 
to, to me in my mind if you're in prep like it really does matter like every yeah, day you know I, I mean? i'm very similar yeah. to that i luckily have a wife that's you know she's competed as well and she understands like everything and so she kind of she might get frustrated every now and then with things like that but she's very understanding of it and uh but like very similar to like i remember one time i was i was like a week or two out from uh the arnold classic i think and somebody ran into my car in the parking lot of our condo and it was just like i didn't call the entry i didn't care i was like look i have to get to the gym i don't care i'm just leaving i was like i'll deal with this later i'll deal with this after the show i'm not gonna worry about it right now i'm not gonna stress about it i gotta go to the gym i'll deal with this when i'm done competing like i just won't let anything like I can't let anything like that ruin what I'm working towards while I'm in prep. Yeah. And then, the same way. Well, yeah, luckily my wife's very understanding with that. She's like I said, she's competed and uh, she knows the lifestyle and like what it takes and how it affects you mentally. So, and her parents live a couple hours away from us. So like, if we do ever have to plan like a dinner with them, it's like, we have to actually plan it. It's not like we're just going to go over to their house. You know, not yeah. They're on the other side of Florida. So I'm, I'm kind of like Jason where I, I, I'm very lucky. I have a very, very supportive girlfriend. And if things like that are going to happen, then we're going to have a plan for it. And I'll, I'll make up that decision in my mind, whether it's like, okay, like if it's going to be a dinner thing, am I going to have a cheat meal for that dinner? Or am I, you know, I'm going to just bring my own meals. I think as long as you're prepared for it, you got to know, obviously like what the plan is like, okay, like, they want us to come over for dinner. Okay, cool. We can make it from five to nine or whatever, you know, and then bring your meals from five to nine, make sure you train, do your cardio, all that stuff earlier in the day, and then just enjoy your time. And I think, you know, I try to like welcome those things on prep. Cause it can be like a nice break. You know, it's like, Hey, like if it's, especially if it's a rest day, man, it's like, all you got to do on a rest day, then it's just, you do your cardio and you pack your meals. And then the rest of that day, you can just chill and do whatever. So I think it's, it's kind of like how you make it up in your mind. Like, is this going to be like an overwhelming giant event or am I just going to go and enjoy it and just chill? And I think, you know, just making that decision up in your mind can be huge. And then if you are doing it like with your partner, it's just like have that established ahead of time. It's like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to be there for this time. And we're going to try to leave it this time. And then it's like, you just let them know. It's like, Hey, we're going to come for a few hours and then we got other stuff to do. And I think that's a good way to like, just let everybody know what's going on. And then you don't feel pressured like you have to stay or you, you know like just tell them like hey we're gonna bring food don't worry about us whatever you know just communication for sure i think what you said there about uh mentally making a point of it either just being a chill time or making a huge deal out of it is going to make all the difference in the world because i used to be horrible about i would just mentally build it up as such an event in my head that i was gonna stress out and have a horrible time no matter what yeah and like, I still every now and then will slip into that when I'm like deep into prep and I'm just mentally there anyways. But I've tried to make it a lot more like of a point in my head to just be like, look, you're just gonna go over and chill, bring a meal, hang out, chill, don't stress about it. Don't make it into something more than it is. Cause like, like you said, if you just think about it as just going over to hang out, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. yeah, that would happen to me a lot. And then I would do that, like you said, Jason, and then like the event would happen. And then I would kind of look back and be like, ah, like I really didn't need to right. stress out about that. Right. But I got to save myself because I didn't mean to come off or make it sound like my girlfriend is not supportive of bodybuilding because like she is super supportive. But 
this last prep I did was the first prep she's ever experienced with me because we've only been together for like just over a year, a year and a half. And um, so it was like, it was really new to her. And like, obviously like going for my pro card and stuff, it was like the most intense I've ever been. And I did three consecutive shows. So like I was locked in the prep mode for so, for so long. So she kind of had to go from like zero to a hundred on that. And, and it wasn't even more so, it wasn't even really about like going out and doing stuff. It's like, we still did that. And like, you know, I would do exactly what you guys just said and like try to manage that as best as I could, but more so just with like a new relationship. It's like, like the, she, she, it was hard for her to understand like why I didn't want to be affectionate towards her or like mm-hmm. just like the moodiness or like, and just like me being so focused on like, okay, I got to be at the gym at this time and like eat this meal this time. And like, if I was like, if I was five or 10 minutes off, I would get stressed. But uh, so like, that was like the thing that I kind of like, we kind of struggled with, but luckily for her and I, like we are both really good communicators so like anytime we did have an argument or something like that, we kind of just take like an hour or two away from each other. Give me like give some time for me, especially to reflect on, you know, probably why I was stressing out about something that I didn't need to. <laughs> and then just talk it out with her and then resolve like the issue. Right. So I think that's just something like if you if you're someone that's in a new relationship and you're about to go into a prep, just be ready to like really communicate how you feel like as much as you can with that person while you're going through. So at least they understand that if you're not being affectionate towards them, it has nothing to do with them. It's just the way that like you feel because what you're going through, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to remind your partner, whoever you're around during a prep, like, or prior to prep, you almost have to pre-prep them because it's like, oh, listen, absolutely. I'm absolutely. going into this prep. Do you remember what it was last time? Do you remember? It's funny because I don't think people really, really understand psychologically what happens to us when we're in prep. And it's, it's way different than, and the, the problem is no one's ever experienced it unless they have like Jason's, Jason's wife, I guess has, so she knows, but if you haven't experienced like the last five, six weeks of prep, when you're miserable, when all you're thinking about is the, cause the goal is really like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like winning or whatever you set your goal to be, that's the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're not provided with that, you know, nothing else is going to matter. So that's all you're seeing. That's all you're doing. And people need to realize you're going to be disassociating with everything. Like, I think Jason, you mentioned the car accident. I can yeah. see that because I, I did the same thing. The, I had a car accident five weeks prior to the Arnold Amateur. And you disassociate like all that important stuff just for a little bit. It's like, listen, I'll deal with the insurance after I train. I'll deal with the insurance on Monday when I'm prepared to deal with them. Cause I'm not prepared psychologically to deal with anything right now. Cause I got to eat my meals and it's not just the eating or the lack of eating, but it's just, you're, you're not prepared for things other than the prep. You're not thinking forward. Like you normally are. You're not thinking rationally like you normally are. Well, so I think every, minute, every day is accounted for like in prep. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like in between meals, like you have to do whatever you have to do and, and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> so I, I was going somewhere with that, completely forgot. Oh, but you're right. I see what you're saying too. It's like you every every minute of your day is allocated to something. And that's what's frustrating. It's like, I need to do this. And somebody's, you know, drops something on you and says, Oh, listen, this is really important. This needs to be done. And you're like, no, because I need to do this right now. And typically it sounds irrational because it's like, well, that doesn't seem important to everyday life. But it is. It's very important to us because we're doing this one thing and we're, we're, we're killing ourselves to do it. I don't care what anyone says. When you're like, like going really, really low body fat, you're, you know, you're only going to do this once, twice, three times a year. 
you might as well do it right. Well, the thing about the thing about prep that's interesting, I find, is just like it. It's really you. You really get dialed into your ability to manage your internal systems. You know, it's like you're always kind of on that exact same like feeling. Like you're trying to keep that feeling very much neutral, not neutral, but like positive, always positive. And if it dips down negative for a second, it's like a slight a slight deviation on that straight path that you're on is like, mm-hmm. fuck, it fucks with you way more because it's just like you've pressurized it at that point. Right. It's like, let's say you hit like a bump in the road. It's like you just hit the bump and you just keep driving, but on prep, it can actually throw you like you can just start swerving all of a sudden. So I think you, you just, because you're so aware of that, you're like, I cannot swerve from this mental state. I have to maintain this mental state and yeah. nothing is going to fuck with that mental state. So even if something like, something like massive happens. It's almost like it's, you know, it could be like super emotional, like God forbid somebody passes away that you love or something really, you know, devastating, like car accident, whatever. It's just like, it just like bounces away and you're like, ah, no, it's not going to fuck with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it could though. And I've had those moments. I've de- like, I'm sure you guys have all had those moments where it just, it hits you and it just cracks you for a second. And you just, you're like, Holy fuck. This is the, you know, you just, <laughs> just completely lose your shit. And you're like, Whoa, that was crazy. Like that was a pretty big outburst, <laughs> you know, uh, over nothing sometimes. Yeah. Over, over absolutely nothing. Yeah. We convince ourselves that like life like shouldn't be allowed to happen to us. Yeah. So, like, like I'm trying to do this. Like my life is so much harder than everybody else's right now. Like I shouldn't be able, I shouldn't have to like deal with all this shit. And the more that you put into it, like, especially like if you have a long off season and then like you, you're perfectly going into your prep, it's like that anticipation is built even more because you put, it's almost like you put so much more into it. Right. Yeah. So like the, the need to feel perfect. Yes. We get a little bit egocentric too. Yeah. You, know? you ever get in the gym and, and someone's using equipment for too long and it doesn't look like they even need it. You're like, get the fuck out of here. I'm doing a prep. You don't need this oh, right yeah. now. So you get a little bit egocentric. I have like, priority on this. <laughs> yeah, I have priority. I reserve on. this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it can be tough. Like my workout is more important than your workout. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a terrible way to That's crazy, man. I remember one time it was just like, so I'm like maybe four oh. weeks out and I've got, you know how you get OCD, you got to like organize everything. So I like had like every single pill, like all my orals, everything organized. Funny thing about this particular company was that every oral was like the exact same color, tablet <laughs> shape, everything. So I had it just in a big, like uh, organized, like a pill box and I fucking dropped it. And oh, the pills damn. just went everywhere. And I just like oh. started screaming. I was just like on my knees in the kitchen. Like, why the fuck did I do that? You know, I just couldn't like process it in the moment. Like why I would allow myself to do that. And then later I was just like, I was just rushing. Like I was just being, you know, sloppy. And I just dropped them. It was like not a big deal. It cost me money to replace all that stuff. But like, was that really a big deal? In the moment it was, it was like the end of the world. And then like half an hour later, I was on my way to the gym and I'm like, I didn't need to freak out about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah so, I have plenty of those moments too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's but I think it's funny. Funny. You can reflect that. But just, right? you, you just thinking that. about that, honestly, though, that I'm like, dude, that would frustrate the shit out of me. I'm like, oh, yeah. just thinking about you doing that. I'm like, God, I would have flipped out. Oh man. I just had, a, I had like collected all the pills and they were just in a giant baggie and they were just all the same. I'm like, wonder if I can do something with this. I'm like, <laughs> could you imagine just, <laughs> the blender and has this powder of anabolics <laughs> i don't know uh, what I'll tell you guys a quick story about just referring back to cheat notes real quick about like a time this prep where like i got i overreacted like probably the worst thing i've ever done 
So I go, I get a cheat meal, first cheat meal in like four weeks probably. And there's a Burger King like right down my street. But I have a history with this Burger King. And like anytime I go to the drive through they mess up my order, right? And it's always like, if I get a double whopper, they always give me a single for some reason. So like, okay, I'm going to go in there and make sure that they get this burger like right, right? So I go in there and like some of the workers are like, like kind of like foreign. So like they're not speaking English too good. So like I'm already nervous kind of going into it. <laughs> so, so I go in and like try to explain my order. And I'm like, literally, no matter what, I'm like just make sure there's two patties on that burger. I'm like, it's very important. Like, Got to hit my protein. So good enough, get my food, go home, like put everything on the plate. And it's like, okay, I got to check the burger. And there's only one patty on it. No. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like what a hissy fit <laughs> I threw in my kitchen. My dogs just like booked it. <laughs> they, they were out of there. And uh, so I'm like, am I actually going to go back down there now and get the right burger? I'm like, I have to. I'm like, I got to get this cheat meal right. So I literally like pack the burger and fries back up, like go back down there. And I'm like, like skip the line at Burger King. I'm like, I just got this. Like, you got my order wrong. Like, I need, I need two patties on this burger. And then went and got my burger, ate my cheat meal. And then after I was like, I will never do anything like that again. Like I instantly felt so embarrassed, like just for like even caring that much about one burger patty. You know what I mean? It's like I could have just had like a scoop of protein powder made up for the protein. Like just That's out. why you always got to go to five guys because they never fuck it up. Actually, they <laughs> fucked it up a little bit yesterday. They put... They put like relish on my girlfriend's like we had like so I had like two burgers and we had like all of our shit. We told her whatever. She got confused and she kind of like mixed and matched some of our things we added. Um, but it all turned out good. So I was like, OK, another another win for five guys. But when we went to South Street Burger Co, there's a guy in front of us in the line. OK, this guy was beyond ridiculous. So the lady's making his burger and he's like telling her everything he wants. And I guess she misheard him. So she put onions on there and he's like, no onions. And so she starts taking off the onions and he's like, well, now you have to take off the cheese because the, the onions touch the cheese. And now you got you got, you need, I need a new bun. And then she's mm -hmm. doing all this stuff. And then he's like, well, now you got to make me new fries because the fries are cold. And we're standing Jeez. in line like, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Like he was just like so obnoxious, you know, and he was just so rude and stuff. And we're like, no. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> we just got our first five guys here like a month ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. So it's still like, I've had it once, but it's like, like I plan to make it my steady go-to cheat meal, but right now it's still like every time I drive past it, there's like a line out the door. Yeah, so I'm just like, I was like, yeah, I guess go to Wendy's or something instead for now. <laughs> like I just moved at my old house. Like uh, Five Guys was not like maybe ten minutes down the road, and now it's a little further away. And but Wendy's is right there, and so like I've been I've been hitting Wendy's up, and you can't beat a Frosty either. So I'm like Frosties are you know I'll get like a, a triple Baconator and a Frosty, and I'm good to go. Those Baconators are pretty close to Five Guys burgers. Yeah, Baconators good, are man. good. They are good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Plus they have potatoes better than South Street. Fucking don't ever go I'm to South a, Street. I'm on a McDonald's kick right now. McDonald's, really? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. There's one like right at the bottom of my street there. I can walk to McDonald's from here. Yeah, it's hard not to sometimes. Dude, it's addicting. Like once you start at McDonald's, it's kind of hard to get off of it. It has its like <laughs> own like little like I don't know what's in it or like the flavor on it, but like and also I don't know if you guys have tried the mini donuts from McDonald's yet, but they no. are super underrated. I don't I'm know. Not if a McDonald's guy, but man, those um, uh, the breakfast sandwiches, oh, McMuffins. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, I don't even remember the name. Yeah, McMuffins. Those yeah. those are good. I used to eat three every morning. <laughs> I like those. Me, man. That was that was my breakfast for my last like my off season before my last one. Yeah, on the way same to work. here. 
Yeah, I would pick up three egg McMuffins, no cheese, no butter, and be my first meal with a protein shake. Same wow. here, dude. Exactly. Same thing. No protein shake, though. Just, just egg McMuffins. I would, I would eat in my car, and I would, like, fall asleep, like, 20 minutes after. <laughs> so that's <laughs> another driving. thing about, yeah. like, when you're talking about cheat meals and doing them, like, early in the day or, like, whatever, I'm like, if I start my day off like that, I just feel dirty the rest of the day. Yeah, if I, I start my day off with my good meals and have, like, you know, three, four, like, healthy, like, bro meals or whatever uh bodybuilder meals then like i don't feel so bad having a burger and fries for dinner yeah you know exactly yeah back to mcdonald's there's something nostalgic about those little burgers that are like you know they have the same macros as a protein bar sometimes i'm like rationalizing it's like should i have a protein (laughs) bar or should i just have one of those mini burgers and it's and a protein like scoop on the side and a potato or something because they're fucking good. There's something that reminds me of my childhood when I have one of those little burgers, heavy everything. Dude, and they're so like that's what yeah. the uh the quarter pounder is supposed to be supposedly like a much higher quality meat. So really? I'll get like a double quarter pounder, but then I'll also get like just a, a double cheeseburger as well, because that cheap, like crappy quality, <laughs> like there's something about the taste that just like, yes. it's, better. like this it's better for some crap is like it tastes so good. Yeah. Yo, am I the only one that doesn't like processed cheese here? Uh, I'm not huge yeah. on it, to be honest. I don't really yeah. ever get cheeseburgers. Oh, no. processed cheese is great. I only like it on burgers and egg muffins. Yeah. That's all I, I do know. like them, though. Like, they, they do taste good. I just avoid it for, like, digestion. But, man, one time, I remember I was on a McDonald's kick, and this was probably, like, I don't know, five years ago. I was pretty young. I'm just, like, trying to get big. So using the McDonald's uh, dollar menu and just getting those, uh, I think it was the McDoubles. <laughs> You get two two yeah. patties and one slice of cheese. And it's like, I remember they used to have nutrition facts on the wall or something too. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like 20 grams of fat, 30 grams of protein. Like we can work with this, you know? So I'd get like two or three of those and then go train after. And like, I was doing that for a while. And then <laughs> one time I had the idea of just using like a little bit of insulin with it. And wow, that was like a crazy pump. Like it was so crazy. I couldn't bend my arm. And all I was doing is like a bicep curl with like the barbell. It was really weird. <laughs> so I've never used insulin, so I'm curious, like, with that much fat in the meal, too, though, is that, like, a, a decent, like, I know a lot of carbs with the insulin, but, like, do you want that much fat when you're going to pump that in? Definitely not. I don't think it's, I don't think it's ideal by any means, but, I mean, like, like, think about, like, if you're eating, like, if you were going to eat a burger and fries, your body's going to release insulin, and you're going to put away some of that anyway, so maybe it's a little bit, like, harsher if you're using, like, some insulin and then doing that, like a big burger with like, like a big meal with like a lot of calories, high fat and stuff, maybe not ideal. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's like moderation is definitely the key. Like with, with insulin and stuff, you definitely want to be like really careful. And like, yeah, like I would say most people, if not everybody that uses insulin for bodybuilding purposes tends to avoid fat. Um, I think it's just because it is a storage hormone. So it's like, right. yeah, there's a probably a better chance that it's going to store some of this fat. Um, but like, if you had like chicken and like avocado and rice, are you going to get fat if you take some insulin with it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Well, it's probably still going to come down to calories in, calories out, fat storage. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. if you're eating like yeah. an asshole and pounding insulin, you're going to get fatter faster. That's, you know. Yeah. Well, I remember like, I think Fuad talked about doing it. Like he didn't have a good experience because he was doing it and eating like a bunch of pizza and stuff. 
or something. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, Fuad is known to be like a fat ass. <laughs> right. like, you know, like, I love, I love Fuad. I think he's awesome. Like, <laughs> even the way he talks, like you just, you know, the guy like was a huge eater, right? right. Self-admittedly. Yeah. Like he likes, I think drink. you need to have a, quite a bit of discipline when you're taking this one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to do it smart, like effectively, like, I think you really got to have like the, like in my opinion, like I think pre-workout insulin is best. Like just get, get the, your carbs from carb powder, you know what yeah. I mean? Like time it properly, go home, have a good clean post-workout meal after. And I think that's how it can be effective. But I think when guys get into like the post-workout insulin and like 200 grams of carbs after, and like, you know, they just feel like because they take in some post-workout, they can just eat like for the rest of the day. And it's just all going to make them huge. I think that's where guys run into trouble with it. That's right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be like, smart with it. I, I told one of my clients, I was like, Hey, we're going to do a little bit of insulin. I don't ever think that you need to go above like four IU. So, okay. We're going to do like, we're going to start with four and see how you feel. And I always believe that if you're using the right dose, you shouldn't really feel anything. It's just like, you know, you're not ever going to feel that hypo. Yeah. Really, the only thing that you're going to feel is like that that carbohydrate that you ingested before you train, you took this insulin. It's just going to be like a little bit of a better pump. Uh, and you'll probably sustain that pump for a little bit longer, be fuller. Um, but he's like, okay, so um, like, I'm just explaining exactly how you measure it out. Make sure that, you know, it's four. It's very tiny. It's super tiny amount. He's like, okay, cool. And then he's like, the next day he's like, he's like, oh man, like I just couldn't stop eating like all night. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, how did you, did you measure it properly? He's like, oh, like, is it okay if I use like a, like a three, uh, three CC syringe for this? I'm like, no, of course not. Like, <laughs> how? I'm like, how did you even think sense. that was reasonable? Like, this is insane that you would even, you know, like, especially after I explained to you how dangerous it is. Like, I just thought it was like, this is like super crazy. And like, you know, I just basically told him oh, like without, berating him so much about I'm just like this is irresponsible that's bottom line is that's just being irresponsible with your health i told you exactly what the protocol was and you didn't do it correctly so you know okay that's that's on you and that's for the most part that's why i don't give a lot of people insulin it's like they're just gonna fuck with it you know it's like oh yeah. coach told me to take four but i really want to get big so i'll just take like 15 it's like holy crap dude like just no it's not that's just not, insulin, that's not the way, yeah. like people do that with everything you tell them to do this you know you tell them to do one and they do three you yeah. know or of anything you know they they always think more is better and you know the the clients that you have that make the most progress and do the best are the ones that actually do what you tell them and then you know i've had clients where i've taken them after they've been with somebody else and i put them on maybe a third of what they were taking with that other person. And they made the most progress in that year than they ever had. Yep. That's been the most refreshing thing for me as a bodybuilder for myself in the last two years is like seeing how much progress I've been able to make with like the low amounts of gear that I've been using. Yep. Like, you know, and, and especially like even in between cycles, I'm doing like 12 weeks of like 125 milligrams of test a week, which is like, you know, pretty low even for like a cruise dose and like yeah. maintaining my muscle throughout that like maintaining good body composition like as long as i keep my training my diet in check and it's just a relief like for me going forward like only being 28 and like you know still trying to get bigger and stuff and like okay like i can do this and i really don't have to sacrifice my health like i thought i was probably going to with like yeah, crazy nothing's funnier nothing's yeah. funnier than uh listening to people comment or, or reading i have a youtube channel and i made a video about what 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 dosages the pros really use? Because I know enough pros and I've been an amateur for years. But anyways, like, so what, you know, what dosages do you really need? And I was on um, a TRT dose 
prescribed by my um, my uro- urologists because I was working with a fertility team, okay, for about a year. And we dropped it down really low. Like the majority of the year, I was on anywhere from 350 to like much lower, 180 around those ranges. Whoa, you froze. <laughs> Everybody froze. Babe. Right. At super high doses. <laughs> like they, they really had me on a lot of HCG. I didn't. So actually, somebody approached me and said, All oh, that HCG is going to permanently shut you down. Does this guy know what he's doing? And I'm like, I don't know. He's a urologist. He must. Mm. But I was on that for pretty much eight months. And um, yeah, I, I made a video about it. And I'm like, I know a lot of pros, they come off. They take their time or a little TRT and every fucking comment was like, oh man, you're lying. These guys are lying to you. This is, this is shit. This is impossible. It's like, people really don't want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's individual too. I mean, like Morgan can feel great doing 125. Some guys do 400. It's, you know, that might, that might be pushing a little bit. Maybe that's, that's not really TRT at that point. Um, but again, this is bodybuilding. We, you know, we, we always want to have that little bit of an edge. So you just have to kind of weigh it out in your mind. It's like, do I, do I want to like, again, like going back to that conversation, about like trying to fast track things. It's like when I was younger, I just, I wanted to fast track it when I was 21. I'm like, I'm just going to blast as much as I can and get as big as I can. And now it's like, when I'm comparing what I take now, I probably take half as much as I used to. Um, and then just like, wow, I feel so much better. And like, I'll recognize like if I'm, using too much test and I just don't feel good all the time. It's like, ah, I'm just, I feel irritable. Like, I don't really want to, I'm just going to lower it. Like why the fuck would I live my life feeling like shit all the time when it's not necessary to build muscle? You don't need a gram of test to build muscle. Absolutely not. You need like the very bare minimum. If you take a blood test and you're in the normal range, or if you're in the high normal range, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I I Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm a little different when it comes to that because like I, I never took anything until I was 30. Like I went to the doctor after turning pro. I did my first two pro shows and then I got my blood work done and I'd been dieting so hard for like two years, almost straight show after show. My test levels were like 227, you know, at 30 years old and they prescribed me 200 milligrams a week. So that was my introduction to it right there. And then I got with Chris Aceto the whole time prepping for the Arnold classic. He never made me use more than 200 a week. Mm. Like I was still in classic physique at the time. I was already struggling to make weight and I was growing off of that because I had never been on anything before. After six months on 200 a week, my test levels were over a thousand, you know, from 227. So it's like, I was growing off of that. I didn't need to, you know, jump it up to you know five six hundred or a thousand like you look at you know palumbo's uh guide uh to cycles and stuff like that and he recommends a gram of test every time yeah it doesn't take much to be in like super physiological ranges of like like hormonal levels right like once your testosterone is like above high normal like you're technically like a superhuman so like if you can't fucking grow like you just suck, man. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. yeah, there's a research article on that super super physiological ranges of testosterone. There's actually research articles published on this, and I think the dosage was like five to six hundred, and yeah. that was like 
huge, huge yeah. amounts. So well, I don't yes, know. Like when I said, this... I was just doing 200 a week. That's what I was prescribed. And mine went up yep. over a thousand just from that, yep, you know? Man. And then when we decided to switch to 212 uh, from classic, he bought me up to 400 a week. So it's yeah. like, you know, that's, we, that's a huge jump. That's, that's doubling it. So yeah. Yeah. But it's not a like lot I to be gained to in a, that. a gram or, yeah, exactly. you know, anything crazy. No, that, definitely not, man. I think the, the best way to approach it is like, you think about like, if you're going to look at like a graph of how your blood levels are going to go, it's like, are you going to just go from zero to a hundred? And then you've got that. It's just, your hormones are just rising up like crazy, like crazy, like crazy. And then they just, they're as high as can be. And it's just, now you're just there and you're just kind of chilling there and your body will just adapt to that. It'll just be like, Hey, this is my new normal. And then you just adapt to it and you st you've stopped adapting. But if you went from 200 and you, you push 200 for like four to eight weeks, and then you push 400 for like four to eight weeks. And then from there, if you're, if you're doing tests, right, then you can add like maybe 300 milligrams of Primo and you're right. You're just slowly incrementally increasing. And that way you don't really reach those plateaus. You don't have to do like insane doses to get gains is like literally you can you should and and can gain at less than a thousand milligrams total per week and that should be kind of like you should be able to do that and that should be a goal it's not like oh how much can i take and and still grow it's like no how much can i grow maximally and take as little as possible to do that exactly and i'm in a really cool situation right now i'm coaching two guys who they're both like 22 and they're probably, one of them is like 16 weeks into his first cycle, just 500 milligrams of test a week. And uh, this other guy is like four weeks in, um, but they like really did everything right. Like they're, they both lifted naturally for like five, six years. They both got a couple shows under their belt. They know how to train, they know how to diet. So I took them on to help them like through this process. And it has been amazing just watching these guys that were like, you know, kind of reach like close to their natural potential probably and like are doing everything right. Like this one guy got, he's 16 weeks in now. I think he's went from like 220 to 245 and like hasn't gained an ounce of fat. Like <laughs> wow. just, just, just incredible to really watch someone from a young age, like do it like a hundred percent correct with like the proper dosing and things like that. And, uh, and like, he just got his blood work done. Like blood work, uh, is going to check out for sure. Cause it's just like based off, you know, how he looks, how he feels and things like that. Right. So just, and, and, and that, and like, these are the things I'm reinforcing to them. I'm like, listen, like you're going to start, like, let's just do it right from the beginning. So they already have all these ideas of like getting blood work and stuff like done in their head. So I'm just pumped to keep working with these guys and just do exactly what you said, Robin, like just like every cycle, just like a little bit more tests or like bringing a low dose of another compound, like things like that. And like help these guys do it right. Like the whole way through to see how low we can keep their doses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think make, like you said, they started off training naturally for five to six years and really putting on, they built that base. And I think that makes all the difference in the world, building that base first. You know, I was on the weightlifting team all through high school and then I kept working out and everything. And then, you know, got into bodybuilding, did that for, you know, four years or something before I ever even, you know, tried anything. So it's like building that base makes a huge difference, not just in your potential to grow more, but I think it makes such a huge difference in the detail and graininess of the muscle that you've built. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as, a, exactly. as, a, as a novice, it's, it's very fortunate if you're a novice and you find someone like Mo who actually gives you the right guidance versus like if you were to work with Dave Palumbo, like, you know, not to shit on him, but if you're first time ever using gear and your coach is like, yeah, just let's just go a thousand gram test. Like, it's like, dude, like you've, you've missed so much in terms of like 
opportunity there. And then it's very, also, it's very hard to go backwards too. Once you've like, Oh, my first cycle was a thousand milligrams. Well, what are you going to do from there? Right. Yeah. 2000. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. Like 500 might not work for you after that. Right. Better hope like you were using was a uh, bunk. Actually, we you got know? some, uh, we got some good questions today too. And, and one of the questions was, um, let me go check it out. If, uh, hold on. So the question was, if we could go back five years um, and knowing what we know now, would you, would you go back five years and, and redo it all? Or would you stay where you are? Oof. 100% for me. I go back 10. I go back more. I go back 12. Well, if I could go back 10, I would. If I could go back five, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think much would change in five years from now. I kind of had to figure it out. Like, I kind of knew what I had to do at that point. But, yeah, but this, is, this is like a trick question. It's like, time. would I have torn my tricep if I would have known what was what I knew <laughs> now? And like, <laughs> like this is a stupid question, right? So, yeah, anybody would want to change things. Who, well, who would answer no? Why, why would you want to change things, though? Well, I mean, I could have prevented the tear. Maybe. Yeah, I mean... You take I the mean, risk, right? You could go back five years and maybe you prevent that and then your knee explodes. I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like those movies when they go it's back the and, butterfly one thing and then the whole world like changes, right? It's, yeah, the butterfly but at the same time, yeah. like you said, part of the question is you knowing what you know now. Yeah. You can take all that information and like, yeah, I would, even if it has nothing to do with, you know, preventing a tricep tear, just the decisions that you can make as far as your career guide has gone, you know, like yep. would I have wasted one more year in classic physique or just tried to move up to, you know, 212 or open bodybuilding earlier and be a year ahead of where I am now, you know, or, you know, like I, did I, cause I, I was having to lose muscle every time I died it down to make weight for classic. Yeah. Like would I have wasted another year doing that or, you know, pushed it earlier and been, you know, maybe I could be in, you know, the, the call outs, the first call outs at the Olympia and the two twelve now already this yep. year, if I had been a year ahead of where I was at or, True. you know, taken a whole year off and gone to open and, you know, been a, just, or just career decisions as far as, you know, uh, financial decisions that you've made, yeah, like sponsorships and this and that. You could have you know, like just had more insight than what five years ago. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, as far it's as it's interesting because I wonder like if you like for me, so I've been pro for three years. So if I went back five years, it'd be two years before I turned pro. I was a very different person at that time. Um, and like not even a very good bodybuilder either. I was like getting like eleventh place in super heavyweights, and I was like pretty small. I was like probably like 225 stage weight. So going back then, like, I don't know. I don't even know if I could like knowing, even, even knowing what I know now, I don't know if I'd be able to change that much really. And then it's like, now I'm like, I'm happy with like all the things that are kind of coming together now. And like, if I went back and like did things differently, maybe things would have come together differently. I'd be in a completely different situation. I don't know. It's, it's a tough question, man. That's very true too. Like if yeah. you're happy where you're at now, yeah, you want to take the it's a gamble, right? It's like up. it's like things are good. Do you want to? It's like you know, you just you just won the lottery. Here's you know, hundred grand. You want to try again and try to get the million or lose it all? You know, I don't know. Right? Who who would try to do that? I don't know. You'd probably take it and run at that point, right? 
Um, I'm not a gambler. I don't think I would do it. <laughs> I'm not a gambler either. No, it's just like, I know what I know now. So I'm just going to keep moving forward with it. That's kind of. Yeah. Good well, question. Mo, you just recently turned pro. I guess your, your answer is, and you're still young, so you probably wouldn't change a thing. No, I mean, especially, like I said, maybe 10 years, because I feel like just my whole beginning approach in bodybuilding, uh, I think I would do things different, obviously, because I feel like I could probably be a pro in five years instead of 10. Yeah. Uh, just knowing what I know, right? Um, and all you guys are probably the exact same. But yeah, five years, I mean, that takes me back to like 2016. Like I was getting ready for my first nationals where I got my ass kicked. And that was the biggest learning lesson I ever got because that made me realize I wasn't even close to the level that I thought I was at. And it made me put in the three years of work I had to put in to get to where I am now, right? So yeah, yeah I wouldn't change shit. If I could like only change one thing that I would just say, instead of rushing into my first pro show, I would have taken a longer off season and just done the show the following year. And just had that that full year off. It was because people told me they're like, "Oh, you turned pro. That's great. Like you gotta you gotta compete like right away, or you people are gonna forget about you." I'm like, "Oh no, people are gonna forget about me. I gotta get on the stage. Here. I, do, I gotta do a New York pro." <laughs> I did the oh, exact same funny. thing though. Yeah, like and I, but I I can't say I fully regret it. And that's another it's another one of those like I don't know if I would change it or not because yeah, I did the Chicago pro a month after turning pro. And I got like last place, but then a month after that, I did Tampa and I'm, I got top seven, which is the only reason I was allowed to do the Arnold classic the next year. Mm. So I was like, I can't really comply. Like I got to do the, I'll do the Arnold, which I placed 11th at my first Arnold, which isn't horrible. There was like 30 or 40 guys in the classic. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it was like, I can't really regret it, even though getting last place at your pro debut sucks. Yeah, you know, I just get to learn from you guys on this one. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a full year before I do my first show for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> based off this feedback, <laughs> think it's the way to go. Yeah, we got we got another question here. Um, says if the world all of a sudden had a shortage of rice and there was no rice, what would you eat? What would we eat? What would be the new staple? So no rice means no cream of rice, no rice krispies, none of that shit. <laughs> This this is essentially our cream of rice situation in Canada right now, unless you go to Golden Grain Foods. That's right. So I'd be pretty sad because we just got cream of rice from them. And now if we can't eat it, it's going to be like fucking a lot of potatoes and oats. Yeah. Yeah. You got uh, oatmeal and potatoes. Yep. I'd probably do it. I, I, I would do some white bread. I digest white bread really good. Yeah. I mean. Bread. Yeah. 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 Sweet potatoes. Potatoes and sweet potatoes. Potatoes yeah. are good. Me, man. I can't eat It'd be like, potatoes. yeah, I just have like, uh, like do what Jason's doing, have like a sandwich pre-workout, fucking oats for breakfast. I don't know. Yeah. And potatoes, I, you know, potatoes my, meals, two, two, four, and five. On my prep yeah. with Aceto, he, and I know he's done this with like Guy Cicinino and some other guys too. One of our meals, half the time, I, I think all the way up until a few weeks out, one of my meals was like four slices of toast with jam, like as my carbs in the meal. I have four slices of toast every day. So, like, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as it's, like you said before, calories in, calories out type of thing. Yeah. Like, as long as the carbs, you know, if you need to cut it back to two to start cutting carbs. And yeah. then, you know, if you need to cut the toast out, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with bread. I like having something like that in my diet because, like you said, it's like if you need to cut calories back, like, it's really easy. Just, like, take out two slices of toast and jam and, like, you just got yeah. really like 60 grams of carbs. Yeah, I mean, and, it's and fruit. I don't think there's anything wrong with fruit. 
Yeah. I, I know a lot of people, you know, for a while there, nobody was like, everyone was against fruit or something like that. But I don't, I mean, when I'm in prep, I always have blueberries in my breakfast. I usually will have an apple in my pre-workout meal until carbs start getting cut back, you know, and, you know, yeah. I like to keep a, at least one or two pieces of fruit in my client's diets until we need to start cutting carbs back. Yeah. Yep. I'll have fruit like three times a day, usually. Yeah. yeah. I like two bananas every day. Bananas are good for potassium too. Raisins, yeah. co- yeah. Coconut water. Coconut water is a big thing now. True. So coconut water intra workout. Yeah. Another car- carb source. Not a huge one, but. I wasn't really a huge fan of that though, because then if you mix your your carb powder with the coconut water, it kind of tastes weird. Tastes bad. Yeah, it doesn't taste off. bad. It just oh, throws it up, changes the taste. You I just started them. doing a carb powder intra workout for the first time ever this off season. Oh really? I've just I like food so much that it was I always felt like I was wasting calories. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think of my intra workout carbs like food though. But then, well, then I thought about it. and I was like, all right, well, if it can give me more endurance, more pump, and more recovery, I'll at least do it on the days that I need to focus on, like, really making progress. Like, my heavy quad day, you know, my heavy back day, I'll at least do it, throw it in on those days, you know, and, you know, if I can get even one, one, one or two percent better, pro, you know, progress out of those, because I'm adding those carbs in, then awesome. Also, I'm still starving after the workout. So it's not like hindering me from eating more calories later. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, uh, each of our carbs, like more so just for like the insulin spike, like during training, like that, that's kind of where my mind is with that. And especially like I'll do creatine and EAAs with mine. And I'll usually start drinking it like halfway through the workout. And I just kind of like think like, okay, if I get it, like, cause the carbs are so fast from the carb powder, right? Like if you get a good insulin spike, it's going to start that process of like shuttling aminos and creatine and whatever else, like, yeah while you're training right so that's just kind of how i think of it but yeah what do you you guys think of uh the different variations of of carb types for intra-workout like you have your uh cyclic dextrin then you have maltodextrin then people will take straight dextrose no no dextrose no maltodextrin ever (laughs) don't that's old school (laughs) yeah no even like a like a full sugar gatorade that has like all the sugar like that in it I just like I will not feel good on that at all. That sounds gross, man. I like like carotene and like cluster dextrin. It's usually pretty good. Yeah, that seems to be like where every like the direction every supplement company has gone. It's like the the half and half of carotene and cluster dextrin. Bottom line is it's got it's got to absorb well. It's got to give you no stomach distress, and it's got to complement your training. So it's you know I I agree. Like the cluster dextrin carb ten combo is like unbeatable. If you throw some sea salt in there or pink Himalayan yeah. salt you got some electrolytes if you want to throw um like uh coconut water or the carbs that i use the hd carbs they they got coconut water in there so it's you know you got the potassium uh and then yeah creatine glutamine eaas it's like it's a good combination and also it's just it's i i look at it like an extra feeding it's just an extra feeding it's like if i'm yeah. going to eat six times a day great that's perfect that's my base and then this is like just another staple. It's just an extra meal or an extra shake, whatever you want to call it. But it's a staple. It's every day. Uh, I always have at least one scoop of carbs during my workout. Like you're saying, Jason, if it's like a height, like a crazy day, like a back day or a leg day, uh, two scoops. Like that's it. Doesn't really get super complicated, but man, like it, it does help a lot in the long run for sure. 
recovery. It's really, it's more about recovery than anything else, right? It's like, if I can, like you were saying, Mo, if I can start that recovery process, right? When I start training and I'm, I'm starting to recover already, even better. Now I can get up the next day and I can get it again without like, oh, I'm too sore. Definitely I'll notice um, less soreness, which I already get pretty fucking sore. So yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the main reason why I was like, all right, especially in the off season where you're really trying to make progress and grow. I just the past year or so, I've really mentally like forced myself to focus everything on recovery. Obviously training intensity has to be hundred percent still yep. diet has to be, but that goes hand in hand with recovery. So like, that's why I started adding that in there. So I was like, that's going to help with my recovery, which is when you grow, you don't best, grow when you're tearing the muscles down, yep. you grow when you're recovering. And so best, best thing I've ever heard, the best analogy for this was from John Meadows. And he said, you know, you take an intra workout because when you're training, you're starting to dig that hole into your recovery. So you're out, you're out in the backyard, you start digging this hole. If you big a, if you dig a giant hole, it's going to be hard to fill that hole back up the next day. So the intro workout is like, you're only digging that hole halfway as much. So when you yeah. need to fill it back in with the rest of your meals, it's a lot easier. And that way you, you're always kind of staying topped up. Like, you know, when you're, when you're trying to push size, you're trying to stay topped up as much as possible without fucking up your insulin sensitivity. So it, it makes more sense to have carbohydrates allocated to when you're exercising because yep. you need them at that moment versus having a larger post-workout or pre-workout meal, in my opinion. That's why I said I don't really, when I think of carb powder, I don't think it is food. Like I would like protein powder as food yep. because I'm like, I'm like, I'm taking a germ training. Like my body's going to simulate it very quickly and it's just going to start a recovery process in my body through like, like the insulin spike and things like that. It's, right? it's, so, yeah. it's fuel at that point and glycogen. Oh, yeah. That, that's fuel a good point. In a sense that it just kickstarts a process. Like yeah. And that's a good point too. Cause then you don't need to, you don't need to have as much emphasis on like getting your post-workout in immediately. It's like you, yeah. you're, you're still in a fed state at that point. So even though you've just trained, you can wait half an hour, even 60 minutes. It's good. Just chill. Let your body like come back down to baseline let the like adrenaline kind of leave your body and then boom, you can eat and you can start recovering right away. Yeah. yeah that's I another think. thing I've noticed too, is I was always in a rush to, I would have my protein shake already mixed with me and I'd chug it down as soon as the workout was over, rush home, get my carbs in. And now whenever I do the intra carbs with my EAAs and stuff like that, I'm not, I'm never in a rush to get that post-workout meal. It's like, I still want it pretty soon after training but I'm not like stressing out about rushing home to get that meal in. It's like, you can wait to get back about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet guys. Um, do we have any more questions? Do you guys get any questions for anybody? No. I didn't ask. <laughs> I'll throw, I'll throw up a, a question. Yeah. Ne there. Next time I'll throw up a Q and a. Q &A. Yeah, yeah. So for, for next week, we'll throw up. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get the Q and a. And then, so if you guys are listening right now and you guys want to, ask us a question for the next week you can message myself or big mo or jason or paul and we'll we'll be able to discuss that in the next episode yeah um, we should we should we should nail some questions next one for a change. yeah we Absolutely. should start taking bets too with bets? uh high, high stakes yeah bets on things okay on shows <laughs> no predictions <laughs> whatever whatever it is yeah whatever bodybuilding related i'm down. yeah well it's too late to bet on the show today what has anyone seen anything going on today? No, they're, they're competing tomorrow, aren't they? 
Oh, is it tomorrow? The Legion. The Legion shows tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, is it? And we 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 should actually we should actually hold ourselves accountable by uh, saying we're gonna do some crazy shit. Like okay. I know you're supposed to grow a mullet, aren't you, Robin? I am growing. A, look at my mullet. Dude, I said I was going to cut my hair I, when I, I got 100 subscribers. Luckily, my girlfriend bullshit. like fixed up my neck because it was getting pretty gross. But, man, like I haven't had a haircut in months. And I'm like, ah, you know, like we'll hit 100 subscribers pretty fast. We only have 68. We only have 68. So <laughs> going for the bun. I guess. I guess I'll, start, I'll start driving more have. people over here. I've only, I've only posted like once or twice. But, uh, <laughs> but I think if we post the question boxes like a couple days before the next one next week, that should help. Yeah. Let's start posting, yeah. Um, All right, so real quick, who do you have winning today or tomorrow then? Yeah, I want to I wanna see. So All right, let's just do top three. Joe's okay, competing so, tomorrow. So here's here's the competitor's list. Oh, shit, I lost it. Okay, no, you guys, what were you guys saying? Okay, so I got it. We got, um, so we got Max Charles. We got Martin Fitzwater, Regan Grimes, Kenneth Jackson, uh, Stan DeLongu, Cedric McMillan, Patrick Moore, Sergio Oliva Jr., Joe Seaman. And then there's some other competitors. I just, I didn't mention them just because I don't know who they are. So if I left you out and you're listening, I'm sorry. It's just because I don't know who you are. Um, personally, I think that in this lineup, I think Cedric wins. Um, I think Patrick Moore or Sergio can be a close second. Or Regan, um, and then Martin, third, I would say. Yeah. So, I, I agree with Cedric for sure. Cedric. Like, if he's in yeah. shape, he's he's hard to beat. If he's even if he's not, I don't think in that lineup. I don't think anybody can beat Cedric. Well, no matter. Sergio is probably going to be the closest. Sergio. I think to Cedric. I don't think so. Well, Regan, it, Regan placed second to Cedric before so I think he has the potential to I don't know if he'll knock him out but he I think he's got either. the potential for second there it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be close for second I think Patrick Sergio and Regan I yeah. think uh well it'll be curious to see I'll be curious to see what Milos yeah. does with Regan coming in like yeah I know he's been putting him on like zero carb days for like five days in a row since the Olympia and like he's he's pu- he's pushing them hard two a day workouts, like, I mean it'll be interesting to see, and then filling him out the uh, the Milos way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll that would be that interesting. Happens. Yeah, have we ever really seen a, a a really peeled 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 Regan leading into a show, but not on stage? That's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, I just that that car protocol scares me. The one Milos does. I yes. think Regan, Regan is just, he's very sensitive to things, I believe. You know, like, he, he can change, like, dramatically. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, I feel like he, 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 looks, he looks amazing. And then yeah. something yeah. always falls apart on stage. Doesn't, I know. He doesn't have I, that crisp look anymore. Yeah, I know. I think. I want to pick, um, uh, pick um, Cedric to win, Sergio second, and I'm going to put uh, Sean Free to third. Ooh. I think oh yeah, I forgot about Sean. Everyone else, Sean, Sean Clarita's competing in the open. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, shit. I know I, that's going to be interesting. But the funny thing is, the the two people you named are both over like six feet tall, and then Sean Clarita. 
who's five, like, five, five, five foot. Your size is going to be overwhelming to everybody. It's going to be interesting. And, and I think Sean is just going to have better conditioning than all those other guys. That In, are, unless I unless it's an apples and oranges thing, and then Sean just stands out that much. It's going to be very interesting because I think I don't think anyone's going to have the the bubbliness and detail that Sean is going to bring. But no, it's going to be so hard to compare yeah. like a five foot one, 180 pound guy mm-hmm. with a six foot, 280 pound guy. And I also think Sergio is the only person in this show that can beat Cedric if Sergio is in really good condition. That's the thing. I think Sergio knows he wasn't at his best at the Arnold and yeah. he's got something yeah. to prove now. Like, I think he's really going to push hard to come in. I like so. heel. What do you guys think about Sergio's video? What, did you, did you watch his videos? Like, it's, I think it's called, this is what people think I do. Oh yeah. Like I don't have time. He did one. Like I don't have time for YouTube and stuff. And then yeah, like that, that YouTube introduction. It, they're kind of, they're kind of silly, but I'm like, I'm like, damn, like this guy, I don't know, man. Like I just, I feel like he's the one guy that doesn't fully take it seriously. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I'm really hot and cold with Sergio. Cause like sometimes I really like how like opinionated he is and stuff like that. But then, Sometimes, like when he talks about himself and like kind of like gives these weird excuses for like placings and stuff like that, I just I, I just don't like when anybody does. I that. think he really's got a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah, him. yeah. I think I think he's had it for too long. Like I, I can see why he initially had that coming into the industry and all that stuff was dad and stuff like that. But it gets to a point where like you just gotta show up and compete and let your body do the talking and stop with like all this other bullshit. Like you know, like regarding like who you are in your past and all this stuff. Like it's just it just gets old to me. I I think you, you get that chip when you win that first pro show, man. Like you when you win that first pro show, you're like I'm the fucking best. No one can fucking touch me. I think we'll experience that at one point, but it'll be interesting to see like whether it blows our head up or not, you know, it's like, cause clearly he's not bringing a better package than he brought before. He's kind of like maybe a little bit bigger, but like not as hard. So I don't know, man, like it's, it's interesting. I really love to see like, like who brings it. Like I was amazed with Hunter. I was amazed with Nick because those guys fucking brought it. They're like dominant, you know, even though they didn't win the Olympia, I was like, you can tell how much they fucking worked for it, man. Like, I bet you they worked, I bet you they worked just as hard, if not harder than the guys that won. It's just a matter of like the consistency and the time, right? Like, again, like going back, like you can't, you can't fast track it. All you can do is work as hard as you can every day. And they didn't win the Olympia, but it was Nick's first Olympia and Hunter's second. And they were yeah. both in the top five. Yeah. That's yeah. freaking phenomenal. That's phenomenal. But they got the right mindset, in my opinion, because you can even tell like they're just not satisfied with that. And like, I kind of relate to that. And that's like, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I think like the only chance like for my head to blow up would be if I won the Olympia. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. I know for me, it's like, I just had like, I've been like that my whole life. Like even turning pro it's like, like five minutes after I turned pro, I was like, okay, when's my first pro show? Uh, the exact yeah. same here. Like I, right. nothing so, ever satisfies you. So I feel like yeah, if it's, I want a pro show, I'd be like, okay, I gotta go do the Olympia now. So yeah. You yep. know, like, that's what I, I was, uh, I was at a posing seminar uh helping out for the npc here in florida uh and it was a couple weeks before the olympia and maybe like three weeks before the olympia i think and uh there was a a wellness pro at the uh, thing too and she was doing her first olympia and when they introduced me to talk to all the npc athletes and stuff like that they introduced me as like a two-time olympian and stuff like that so after uh, that she came up to me. She's like, what's it like doing the Olympia? It's going to be my first Olympia. And I'm like, 
it's like every other show, I guess. I'm like, it just, it never clicked to me. I'm like, I didn't win it. So I'm like, I still have a lot to prove. I'm like, I don't, I'm not happy with just being a two-time Olympian. And I was like, I want to be in the top five. And then I want to win. I'm like, I, like when I did, you know, my, I got my first pro win. I was like excited for, you know, a few minutes. And then I'm like, all right, now I got to get ready for the Olympia. And I got to make sure I'm, a, and then I end up getting like, you know, second to last call outs at the Olympia. And so I'm pissed off. I'm like, that pro win means nothing. Yeah. I was like, cause I'm still nothing on the Olympia stage. I need to, you know, you that's always want to need though. That, that's a mindset. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean, I think as soon as you become content and satisfied, like you see that, with, I feel like you see that with some of these veteran bodybuilders that have been around for a bit. And these are the guys that are like, showing up the same to every show or like getting a little bit worse. And like, we all know who I'm talking about because like <laughs> all competed recently. Right. And, and like the fire is kind of not there anymore. And that's why these young guys are catching them. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really like that mindset because my first actual pro show, I was like, oh, I just want top six. And I'm like, ah, oh, top six would be amazing. You know? And I got like top 10. So I was like, it doesn't work like that. I think you have to go to win. You can't go for like, a top five or a top three. Cause then you're going to end up at like six or seventh or some bullshit. Cause you're not trained to win at that point. You got to train to win no matter what, if it's the Olympia, you can't, I don't think personally, you can't ever just be like, I just want to get a top 10. Cause then you won't get the top 10. You'll probably yeah. get like maybe 10th or 11th or 12th or 13th or whatever. And then who the fuck even cares? So just whatever show you do, you have to make sure that you're going in there to win. Yeah, I agree. The, the one show that I, the one pro show I have won they literally told me in the interview after I won, I'm coming off stage. They're like, you know, it was very close between you and uh, Fabio who took second. You know, I think what really won it for you was the way you posed with so much confidence. And I was like, yeah, well, when I walked out there in my head, I had already won the show. Like I told myself, this is your show. You have to win. Like, and I posed like I had already won. You know, and like they told me in the interview, like, I think you're posing with so much confidence and everything is what pushed it towards, you know, you over the second place guy. And it was a one point decision. Yeah, because because that like aura, that presence, the the energy can be felt for anybody watching you. Right. So and the judges, especially they get it like they're the front line there. So if they see you going up there and you're not 100 percent mentally ready to win then there's someone else that's going to take it from you. Yeah. And then New York pro last year, I ended up second place. And I think part of it was I literally, when I got that call out of just me and Bo for the top two at the end, I was just mind blown. Like, cause I had just gotten like 11th at Tampa pro five, five weeks earlier. So I'm like top two here now. And I'm like ecstatic. And then, you know, going into finals, I had it in my head that I'm like, they're going to give it to him. You know, I'm going to end up in second place. I already had that in my head. Yeah. Even though Bo backstage is like, dude, you got this one. I think you beat me. <laughs> you know, he's like the coolest dude ever. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but in my head, I'm like, all right. Like he, he just got second place at Tampa five weeks ago. I got 11th. Like I already just moved up to top two. I was like, they're going to give him this one. And yeah, who knows if I hadn't had that mindset, I might've posed stronger. I might've hit my shots better. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's like inches at that point, literally just inches. So literally. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys. We ended on that note. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Um, damn, it's almost been two hours. Got to eat now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta be don't, <laughs> don't forget, uh, guys, Beef20, our product code at uh, uh, the Helix online website and on the GorillaWare website. Yep. Golden Grains, do we have anything? Golden Grains, yeah, we got. So right now, you can use Strand, S-T-R-A-N-D. You get 15% off goldengreens.com. All right. So, yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, right. guys. Crush this fucking week. Let's get big. Yes. All right. All right. See you guys Later. next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Canadian Beef Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and like our videos. Also, don't forget, guys, we got Helix Online discount code Beef20. We also got GorillaWare discount codes. If you guys want to help us by supporting the channel and getting yourself some great products, you can use our code at checkout. Thank you guys for watching.